Welcome to the Avenue Community Church's podcast. We are a family of Christ followers seeking shalom in Memphis. We pray that you are encouraged by today's message. And as you listen, may the word of God shape you to be more like him. We printed in your bulletin, but I will read today that famous scripture that may not feel so much like an Advent scripture, but it's probably the most appropriate scripture as we celebrate the Advent season. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Would you bow your heads and pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day and this moment of grace in which we stand. God, we thank you for the person to the left and the right of us. No matter how many times they've darkened the doors of church this year, no matter what title they have in your kingdom, you are the star of this show. And we are here because of you. Because you have come down and you have displayed and given humanity a gift that they did not deserve and one that is really, really hard to comprehend. But we ask your grace now that as we just sit under this scripture for just a few brief brief moments, that God, you would awaken our heart to the richness, the immeasurability of your love towards us, given in Christ Jesus our Lord. And all God's people say amen. Amen and amen. Hey, if you, it's dark in here. It's usually not so dark. When we meet, um, we're usually at 10 o'clock. It's all lit up. And, you know, I don't know, y'all, but maybe the darkness has brought a a nice lull over our babies because they are usually kicking too. But it's beautiful. Don't let me talk it up. But it's usually wide open in in the mornings and, and we're here. I'm in worshiping. If I hadn't had a chance to meet you yet, I pray that you wouldn't rush out today. One of the things that we do every year at the Avenue Communities Church is for our guests and uh, for ourselves, we have hired photographers and we've got a few little hors d'oeuvres so that you can hang around, fellowship, meet someone new and get a holiday picture on the Avenue. And hopefully at some point while you are getting cute and beautiful, I have never seen more hair bags at a church service in our, uh, you know, tenure than I have today. Everybody got a little extra curling iron in the back. Girl, wait, let me get that makeup, get that spot, you know. Um, But anyway, I hope that as you are taking those beautiful pictures that you would interrupt me wherever you see me and just introduce yourself. I would love to meet you and just say hello. Um, You know, I I am not as... uh, devoted of a Christmas nostalgia person as my wife. It's pretty hard. She's, she, she sets the bar pretty high. But I like me some Christmas. Um, and so much so, I don't like helping putting up the Christmas tree, but I really get funky if the stuff ain't up. I'm like, man, where the stuff at? What's, you gonna help me this year? No, I don't wanna, no, I don't wanna help you. I just wanna see the stuff. Where the mistletoe? Where the little, the little, little smell good stuff you get from Bath and Body Works? Where that at? You know what I'm saying? Uh, that's usually my jam. Um, but low-key, my kids are loving it. They're doing all the things. Um, and one of the, uh, uh, the Christmas classics and favorites for us to watch uh, is The Grinch. Um, we had a, a brief spell where The Grinch was keeping us up at night, so we had to retire it uh, for a little bit because that, that wasn't making me very joyful at Christmas. Amen. Um, but... 
you know, we like to watch the Grinch, and uh, of course, I don't even know what you classify the Grinch as. Is he a human? What is he? I don't know. But you know, they they several times throughout the movie, they they you know they start drawing attention to the Grinch's heart. And really, the reason why he's trying to steal Christmas uh, is because uh, that his heart, um, unbeknownst to me, is a couple times too small. They're two times too small. And we see towards the end of uh, the movie, as he's starting to feel the Christmas spirit, that heart becomes enlarged. I think one of the things that um, really we kind of leave behind in the Advent season that really we have to lay hold of to really understand uh, this thing um, as much as we should, is the fact that our God is a person, right? Christianity believes a really specific thing about um, our deity, right? That our God is one, but he also exists in three persons. And when the Bible says that, that's not just fluff. We believe that all three members of the Godhead, they actually have personal attributes. You can quench the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit actually has feelings and God delights, he rejoices over you with singing because we really get our personalities from our God in whose images we were made because they are persons, And when you believe and when you can understand that your God is a person, then you can understand the mission of God being rooted in love. For God so loved this world that he gave. God is a person today. And because he's a person and because his love for us motivated his mission in action, we need to remind ourselves today that Advent is rooted in love. Advent is a Latin word that we kind of get um, in the derivatives there. Um, just talk about an arrival or a coming of some sort. And so uh, one of the things we get as you read that very familiar passage in John 3, is just this ideal. This thing is saturated um, in, in this picture of eternal life. Something happens, right, that there's newness that comes by placing your faith in Jesus. Or in John 3, it would say the lifting up of the sun. And the lifting up of the sun, John oftentimes uses that imagery and it has a double meaning. It means the death and resurrection of the sun, but it also means the exaltation and glorification. And as the sun is lifted up, if we respond to that with faith, um, then he will grant us new life. But In the middle of John 3 is this really pivotal verse that as we are thinking about the son and why he came in the mission, we get to see that all of it was motivated by the father's love. One of the things that we see in John 3.16 to help us understand the the gravity of God's love for us is we see, um, for those of us who kind of do a little Greek stuff, we see the emphasis of the intensity of God's love. God didn't just love the world, but he so loved the world, right? You know, baby, I'm so in love with you. I'm not just in love with you. I'm so in love with you. You got to feel the force of the words that are being used that John is trying to communicate to you all today, whether you are new to Christianity or you've been in this room for years and you've sat through decades of Christmas services, that the intense love of the Father exists for you today. He so loved you that he sent his son. 
And his one and only son stresses the greatness of the gift, right? The Bible gives us these cool images of people who do the one and only thing. Isaac and uh, Abraham and Isaac takes that son and he offers, right? And then even we talked about it uh, last week, Samuel as a young boy was offered. But we see God offering his one and only son. How many of you would give your one and only for anything? Do you see, my friends, the greatness of the gift? that God has given you and our son. We're not only reminded of the intensity of God's love for us, we're not only reminded of the greatness of the gift that he's given us, but as God displays love, we are reminded that his character is love. God's not conjuring up things to give to you, but he delights in it because he himself is love. John goes on to write in his epistles, he says, as so we know and rely on the love of God has for us because God is love and whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. My friends, God's coming, Advent, is based and rooted in his love for you. Secondly, Advent, love desires to save. The love of God we see here, it's really weird. It's not the result of, you know, how amazing you look. You know, that is, you got to really, if you want to be a Christian, you really kind of got to understand that. That's kind of Old Testament beginning to the end, that God's attraction to you was not because you was the finest girl in the dance hall. My son went to his first middle school dance. I said, bro, what y'all do there? I don't know, Dad. We just jumped around. I said, bro, you didn't ask nobody to dance? He's like, no, the girls are just doing their thing and the guys are doing our thing. I said, brother, did you enjoy yourself? He's like, a little bit. The wings were cold. I was like, bro, you went to the dance for the wings? So there's some discipleship. There's some discipleship that I need to do in my house in regards to love, but... What you need to know today is that God was not attracted to you because you were a five-star Christian. As a matter of fact, none of us were. All of us unworthy. All of our testimony should be the chief of sinners. Why me? Nothing but your amazing grace. And as we think about the greatness of God's love, we don't need to think about just, oh, man, God's love must be so vast, right? It's so big. He loves the whole world. The emphasis is not on just the amount of God's love, but the fact that he chooses to put his love on an object that is so undeserving. That is the measure of God's love. We see this kind of dual stance in the Bible. We see God is not, God is not confused about the condition of the world. Our holy God finds the detestable, wicked things and evil in this world absolutely deplorable. We see this in Ezekiel, where he starts to talk about the condition and the state of the world. But it also doesn't prevent him in the very same book of the Bible from saying, I don't take delight in the death of the wicked. We've just preached this in Romans 1, that the gospel, inside of the gospel, it's about salvation, but the righteousness and the wrath of God is also revealed. We see Romans 3.23, that the wages of sin is death, but that's also held in tension with the fact that the gift of God is eternal life. I just want to tell you, my friends, don't get it twisted. The reason why love's coming down is because of the predicament and the state of your soul in this world. 
Something's not right. And when love came down, it was a rescue mission. The purpose of Advent isn't merely to display love, but to save those who would respond to that love with faith in the Son. I'll say that one more time. The purpose of Advent is not merely to display love, but to save those. Everybody say save those. Who would respond to that love with faith in the Son. That's why you see so many times, whoever would, would believe in me, I will give the new birth. Whoever would believe in me, I will give eternal life. Whoever will believe in me, I will save. You have to respond to that love. You can't just admire it. This is not Romeo and Juliet. This is a thing that you have to place your faith in. I love that we see explicitly in this chapter, in this part of John, that you need to know that, yes, this is a rescue mission, and you are in hot water. But Jesus says specifically, this time that I'm coming is not about condemnation. I'm not coming to condemn anyone. This is all about your rescue and responding in faith and in love. I love the gift giving of this season. I love watching people open the gifts. I like opening more gifts than watching people open the gifts, but that's neither here nor there. But I love, you know, I've got some amazing gift giving friends in my life. And you know, the people, y'all know the people in y'all family who take, they take the most pride in, you know, hey, what size? And you know, they're sending all the secret texts out. It's like, Girl, did his shoe size grow? How big? You know, wait, no, hold on, man. It's, he's a 32. No, wait a minute. Come on. You know, that, those people, right, they're really serious about it. And then, you know, it's Christmas Eve or it's Christmas morning, and they're watching you. And, you know, they don't want to just see you open the package. You know, they bought you the blouse. What they want to see you do? Girl, try it on. You know, it's not good enough for you to just hold that thing up. They're like, uh-uh, baby, try that thing on. And you're like, oh, no, I, I love it. I'll do it. No, no, no. It's a bathroom right there. Go ahead. I want to let you know that God's precious display of love, it really is of no value to you unless you try it on. For God so loved this world that he gave. But that's not the end of the verse. The purpose of the display of love is so that you would lay hold of it by faith and believe in him and have everlasting life in him. There is no third option, my friend. There is nothing else under Jesus's Christmas tree. There is no alternative and there are no exchanges. Either we accept that gift of love and faith or we truly do receive the consequences. Advent love is verified by God's generosity. Advent love is grounded in the love of God, the mission of God, why he came to earth is because of love. He loved his creation. He loved his creation enough that he did not want to condemn them, and so he gave them an alternative. And the fact that God loves us is verified by his great generosity. I begin to sit to myself and think, it's like, man, you know, which season, which holiday is really about giving? Is it Thanksgiving or is it Christmas? And I'm like, man, you know, I think Christmas is really about the most 
giving and generosity. Advent is about the generous nature of our God. It's the reminder he so loved that he gave this enormous gift, his one and only son. And I think all I want to do is make sure you leave out of this building today reminded and hearing the motivation of the heart of the lover of your souls that he wanted to come for you, that he loves you, and he desires that you would have life in him. Romans 8 and 31 just says this, that what, what then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who could be against us? And here's the logic, Paul says, if God did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also alongside of him graciously give us all things? Advent season really is our deposit that truly everything we need, our future, is wrapped up in God's love. He's already displayed the love that should really disparage us from anxiety in the future. Because if he loved us so much to give his only son, will he not also give us all the things that we need? What I'm trying to say to you is that God's faithfulness to you is grounded in his love for you. And he's already given you the best that he could ever offer. Yesterday, I celebrated 18 years of marriage. And you know, I can tell you, you know, there's got to be hundreds of thousands of I love you's in 18 years, right? I'm looking at the fooses. They doubled us up. So I'm sure there's a whole bunch of I love you's in 40 years and so on and so forth. But, you know, as uh, <laughs> me and Gina have, uh, we've toned our gift giving down a little bit. It's no less special. And uh, I love the little things my wife does to, to make it special. You know, there's the regular rigmarole. Hey, girl, I got to go meet someone. Love you, bye. You know, hey, baby, I got to go to, you know, aerobics class. Love you, bye. But I think one of the cool things is on our anniversary is uh, she'll pause me. Because I'm itching, I'm getting ready to do my Tim thing and whatever, and she'll just, boop, uh-uh, uh-uh. Hey, I love you. I need you to know it. I need you to slow down, and I need you to know it. And then we're sitting on the couch and we're watching our little stuff and people throwing Cheetos and Doritos at us and we're fussing at people and whatever. And then in between one of those little brief respites, it's, hey, I just want you to know you're my favorite. And I think Advent season for us is really our opportunity to come back in front of God's face. Let him hold us by the shoulders. Let him gently caress us by the neck and the head and remind you, I came because I love you. I love you.
I'm not talking about the big C church. I'm not talking about the denomination you left. I'm not talking about the ministry folks who hurt you. And I'm talking about you, and I need you to know that I love you. And that's why I came, and that's why your future is secure. That's why you need to know I gave you the best that I have, my only son, and if I gave you my only son, I will not withhold any other blessing you need on this side until you make it safely to my arms. That's what Advent is for us. Love came down, and aren't you glad that it did? If you're here today, truly, and you have never heard this news, that Jesus didn't wait till Israel and the Gentile world and all of us figured it out till we all started going to Bible studies, till we all started paying our tithes. He didn't wait on us to all get it together and stop sinning. He came because we couldn't get it together. And he has promised you that if you wouldn't leave this service today and say, man, that really is a sweet thing Jesus did, but you would latch on to it by faith. He wants you to give you a new life that you never knew, new passions and new capacities to serve him and to worship with his people if you would let him. So as you listen to the words of these songs, I pray that you would not leave this room without making sure that you know that, man, best I could, I chose to, to receive his gift of love for me today because that's what he came down for because of his love 